Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation and culture, with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Rachel Everard talks to David Oxley, Director of Strategic Projects at Highlands and Islands Enterprise. In a wide-ranging conversation, they discuss encouraging investment in the space industry in the north of the UK, why Scotland is one of the world's top spots for launching satellites and building spaceports, and how ancient peat bogs could have a very modern and necessary function. So, David, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about how we travel and particularly about the future of spaceports in Scotland. And I know that you're particularly passionate about the sustainability of space in Scotland. And that's something I'm really interested to dive into with you today. David, you're the Director of Strategic Projects within Highlands and Islands Enterprise. Could you just tell me a little bit around what Highlands and Islands Enterprise is, please? Yeah, delighted to. So Highlands and Islands Enterprise is an economic and community development agency, effectively part of Scottish government. And we cover the north and west half of Scotland, very remote and rural area. We have approximately half the landmass of Scotland in our geography, but only about 9% of the population. So our key job is to create jobs, sustainable jobs, long-term jobs in the region. We work with businesses and communities to help create those jobs. So, David, I can tell from your accent that you're not from the northwest of Scotland at all. Um, what drew you to the area? So I, I married a Highlander uh, nearly 30 years ago now. So having spent the first 10 years or so of our married life in, in the Midlands of England, we decided to move to Scotland uh, 17 years ago, I think now, and moved to uh, to Fort William and then ultimately into the Inverness area. Uh, so I've been up in the, the region for yeah, over, over 15 years now. And I know it's a beautiful part of the world, but what makes them so perfect for space hub activity? So often as an economic development agent, we're trying to create jobs and attract businesses to the area. And quite often that can be quite a challenge given our relative population. We have around about 450,000 people in the whole of the Highlands and Islands. And uh, to put that in perspective, my home county is County Durham in the northeast of England, which has slightly more than that in terms of a population. And it's a really small county in England. So when we're trying to bring jobs to the area, having sectors in which the geography plays to our advantage is a real benefit. We're trying to, for example, bring a, a call centre to the region Low population isn't good. Uh, we, we know we're competing against big cities with millions of people in them. But when we when we think about uh, certain sectors, the geography really plays to our advantage. And those sectors uh, are really aquaculture, where most of the salmon farms in the in the UK are in Scotland, and in the northern in the Highlands and Islands. Renewable energy, particularly offshore wind, uh, and increasingly wave and tidal energy where we have the vast majority of the coastline of Scotland and the UK within our area. And, and finally, space is the other sector where the geography uh, plays to our advantage. There's types of satellites that all of the spaceports in Scotland uh, are looking to launch, ones that are polar and sun-synchronous. So that means they go north over the pole and rotate around the Earth that way. Now, 
clearly there's an advantage in being further north in doing all of that. Additionally, for spaceports, we are sending launch vehicles into space. So we need to have a relatively small population in the, in the immediate area, which is what we have for all the locations of spaceports in Scotland. I expect there's not a huge amount of traffic in the airspace above the Moyne Peninsula in particular. No, not an awful lot. There are some RAF training sessions which sometimes happen around the area, but in terms of the activity, it's relatively low, which is a, a, a huge distinct advantage for the region. So nobody's going to build a spaceport in London or Manchester or Glasgow. They're going, they're going to build them in, in the northern parts of, of uh, Europe and uh, particularly in Scotland. You're involved in the construction of the Space Hub Sutherland on the Moyne Peninsula that I just mentioned, and that has an aspiration to be the world's greenest spaceport. What What do you mean by that vision? Okay, so there's a there's a few things uh, in this area. Firstly, um, where you everybody pretty much in the world uses satellite data and information on a daily basis, whether that's mobile phones or or TV or or multiple other, other things. Uh, and those satellites are, are up in space, obviously, uh, and they don't last forever. So we uh, we will need to get more and more satellites to to into space to monitor the impact on the climate of everything that we are doing globally. Now, in terms of Space Up Sutherland, we're working very closely with Orbex, who is the launch vehicle company, and they have aspirations for their launch vehicle to be very very green. So. As an example, OBEX have had a recent report published by the University of Exeter, which shows that their a launch from OBEX is 96% less carbon impact than a typical launch of a traditional vehicle. And the reason for that is twofold, really. Firstly, their fuel is biopropane, which comes from renewable sources. Uh, and secondly, OBEX's plans are to recover the first stage of the launch vehicle to to use in future in future missions uh, so it's a really absolutely important aspect of it and the final area i'd just like to cover on on the sustainability side of front is the site for space of sutherland is in in the moine and it's on a peat bog now most folks would think if you're moving peat around that's got to be bad for the environment well actually that particular area of the peat bog that we are planning to build on is not in the greatest condition. So it's not acting as an effective carbon sink, which it should be. And that's because um, it has been, it's had the the footprint of humans on it for, for decades, if not centuries. Uh, local people have used the peat for crofting purposes and for heating purposes. So there are literally kilometers worth of uh, drainage ditches in that location. And our plan is that any of the peat that we disturb as part of building the spaceport will be used to repair the damage that's already been done to the peat bog and make that that whole area much, much more uh, sustainable as a carbon capture facility. I think we can't underestimate the role of nature-based solutions in terms of carbon sinkage, so that's fantastic to hear of those plans. And that 96% life cycle CO2 saving statistic is incredible. People would always assume that space is such an energy-intensive sector but actually, I understand that a lot of the reason that we would send satellites to space is to collect things like climate science research and data. Yes, absolutely. I think we we need to monitor the planet as, as to how we're progressing in improving the climate uh, for the for the world, and we can only do that by using satellites. And uh, we're using small satellites rather than the, the big ones. And bigger satellites take more fuel to get up there. 
so the small satellite is a much, much more sustainable solution. Orbex's carbon footprint on one launch is roughly the same as the carbon footprint of one person in the UK. So it, that really puts into perspective how little impact a launch facility in Sutherland has on the planet and the, the advantages that we get from that and being able to monitor climate. And the vast majority of the, the missions will be all about Earth observation and climate monitoring. Uh, that is That is absolutely important to us. I understand that the site at Sutherland will be the first spaceport in the UK. Why is it so important that we have a domestic space launching presence? So if you are wanting to get your satellites into space at the moment, the reality is that you tend to need to go to uh, former Soviet nations or to Asia to get those launched. Now, the carbon footprint of just getting your satellite there is very, very high. And in the UK and in Scotland in particular, We've got a real strength in satellite manufacture. Glasgow is the home of satellite manufacturing in Europe. There is no other city which makes more satellites in Europe than Glasgow. Uh, in Edinburgh, you have all of the data analysts who analyse all that data. And increasingly in Scotland, we have two companies who are making launch vehicles, rockets in layman's terms, to actually get everything up there. So everything is really contained in this very small country uh, that can really move forward in in capturing that. So the space sector becomes a, a sector that the UK and Scotland can have a real advantage on. So we can have an absolute control of the whole supply chain from launch right the way through to data analysis. That's incredible to think of that domestic market. What's your vision for spaceports in the UK over the next few decades? I I suspect that we will see several spaceports uh, coming forward, both vertical launch and horizontal launch. There's at least another two in the Highlands and Islands, uh, Saxevoort Spaceport in Shetland and Spaceport One in the West Niles. I'd expect that both those facilities will develop over the next while. And it's not about who's first, it's about a sustainable opportunity that uh, all can do. So I can, I can absolutely see that Scotland and the UK becomes a real global player in the space sector. imagine if you're building a relatively large infrastructure project and sending things into space the local people might have something to say about that how have you worked within the needs and expectations of the local community to have their support we've uh, worked very closely with the local community from pretty much day one on this so the whole reason that we're doing this in Sutherland is not just the geography which is an obvious advantage but also the fact that we can create good local jobs in that area uh, the local high school, Far High School, just outside Betty Hill in in the north of in north of Sutherland, has a uh, school role of seventy pupils. So that's the high school. That's not a primary school. That's that's seventy pupils uh, in the high school. So if we can keep some of those young people in the area, we can really build a sustainable community. Uh, we've suffered for too long in the Highlands Islands for people moving to the area or just viewing the area as somewhere nice to come and stay and visit. That's all good, but we want economically active people in the area, young people having families, growing up in the area. And what better way to to attract people to the region than a, than a, a job in space? Uh, I was at Orbex's factory in in Forest in uh, in Murray just yesterday, uh, and there was a, a guy who'd gone to the the local high school in Forest and uh, is now uh, literally making rockets uh, and you know. 
I'm pretty sure his career's advisor didn't uh, expect that was where he would end up four or five years after after leaving school. Oh, that's incredible. So I imagine it must be highly skilled, high capability jobs that you're creating. It's it's a mix. I think there's a there's a lot of jobs which will be highly skilled, uh, but not every job uh, in the spaceports requires you to be a rocket scientist. Uh, it's effectively an infrastructure, a, a, a construction area. So there will be, there'll be jobs uh, around security. There'll be office jobs. There'll be admin jobs. Be marketing jobs, engineering jobs, a whole range of of jobs. There'll be data analysis, weather monitoring, security, all sorts of things that come in. And many of those jobs can be done by by local people. There will be uh, people who come into the area with new skills, and that's a good thing. That's something we're we're proud of in the Highlands and Islands. And Caithness and Sutherland has got a, a long heritage of that, going back to the days of Dune Ray when that was first brought to the region in the in the 60s, uh, when there were thousands of uh, technical skilled jobs that created. We're trying to do that on a slightly smaller scale in Sutherland. Side note, my mum was actually born in Caithness when my granddad was working on that project, so I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and part of the reason is that uh, Caithness, well, Dune Ray is planned for closure over the next decade or so, so some of those jobs will go so we want to replace them with good quality jobs and not just uh, low paying sectors and i think from my experience at least one of the really important things is particularly when you're thinking about young people wanting to work in in space or in any um stem career path is engaging people at an early age so they can make the the choices that can set them up with the skills and experience necessary how are you working to engage the next generation of space pioneers yeah, we'll be working increasingly with the local schools to make them aware of that. So this isn't just necessarily a Sutherland opportunity. It's a whole north of Scotland opportunity. I know that particularly in Shetland, the uh, the team behind the Shetland uh, Saxavord space, Spaceport are very, very active on the schools engagement and running competitions to get uh, kids excited about the opportunities that will be in space. And you know, we've Unst, where the uh, the Shetland Space Centre is planned, uh, is literally the most remote island in the UK. It's the most northerly island of the UK. You know, that has a population of a, a few hundred folks. Um, so creating 60 jobs in, in Shetland is, is a fantastic opportunity. And uh, they, they are working very hard on that engagement with the, uh, the young people. This is one of the first UK space hubs. What role do you see yourselves playing in, when it comes to leadership in the UK space sector? So I'd say that all of the spaceports and space hubs are, are, are pretty much working quite collaboratively. Each one's got its own uh, USB, new selling point. Uh, we're, we're targeting at Sutherland the micro satellites, so quite small satellites, you know, maximum sort of shoebox sort of size. Uh, Shetland is targeting slightly bigger satellites and therefore slightly bigger launch vehicles. Uh, West Niles at the moment is focused on suborbital launches. So there's a real um, distinct opportunity where each of the spaceports has its uniqueness about it, and none of us in the in the uh, the UK space sector see see the competition as between ourselves. We see this as a competition between the UK and the rest of Europe. So there are plans for spaceports in in Norway, in Sweden, in Portugal, uh, and we have to make sure that we get to market. Uh, in a sustainable way, both environmentally and financially, as quickly as we can to make sure that we capture that market before the Europeans capture that market. In another one of these podcasts, I spoke with Libby Jackson about 
people returning to space, British people particularly. Do you think we'll ever see a, a Scot go from Scotland up into space? Uh, well, I think there has been in the past. There's certainly been astronaut who was from Sutherland, I think, from Helmsdale. So it, there's a history of, of Scots in space. You just have to go back to Star Trek to, to know that. I think Scotland will become a known as a space economy. That will undoubtedly attract people who are interested in going to space. I don't suspect they'll ever be flying from, from Sutherland or, or Shetland. We're not planning on building Cape Canaveral here, but... Could a Scot go to space? Absolutely, I can see that happening in the future. You mentioned there very very quickly shoebox-sized satellites that will be launched. Could you just give me a little bit more information? I, I know they're even expected to hear of a shoebox-sized satellite. So what role would that play? What, what type of rockets will you be launching when the, the Space Hub opens? And how might that change over the next 20 years? The technology moves forward. So satellites like any, just whether it's your mobile phone or your, or your TV, they need renewed. Ultimately, the smaller satellites uh, go up and are largely used for Earth observation purposes. Not entirely, but largely. And that's where we see the, the big growth coming forward in the next uh, 20 years. We anticipate there being significant demand globally from, from there. There's a lot of space in space, so there's plenty of room for, for the satellites. And the smaller satellites don't cause the same issues as bigger satellites in, uh, in re-entry. So smaller satellites will tend to burn up on re-entry, so you don't get any impact of uh, falling debris which you, or, or space junk. So it's much better in terms of uh, that aspect, which is an important aspect for the future as well. We talked briefly before you mentioned moving to, to Scotland for the love of your wife, but what is it that you really do love about the Highlands and Islands area and what has kept you there for so long? I mean, the Highlands and Islands is a fantastic place to, to live and work. And I think it's that work-life balance. Within five minutes in the car, I can be on a beach on the north of Scotland. Within a sort of 15-minute drive, I can be in the hills uh, walking around. Within half an hour, 40 minutes, I can be in a city going to see a play, go to the cinema, all of these sort of things. So you've got everything you need in a in a society. And I think we've increasingly seen in lockdown that folks are moving away from, well, they've had to move away from socialising in big cities. And increasingly, I think we're going to see folks wanting to get that work-life balance back. We, we can all work remotely now. Um, we can actually have really good careers in really remote areas. And that's that's something that probably wasn't as doable a decade ago. Uh, so I can only see that getting more and more important. Highlands Islands is an absolutely fantastic place to, to go. Space Up Sutherland is on the North Coast 500, which is the touring route for many folks who want to visit the Highlands and Islands. There's some fantastic scenery on that route. So we only see greater opportunities for the Highlands and Islands and Scotland uh, as we go forward. I was going to say, actually, people might be surprised to hear about such innovation coming from a remote part of Scotland. But I suppose your answer is telling me it's not as remote as people might expect it to be. No, it's not remote at all. We have uh, Inverness Airport, daily flights to Amsterdam, daily flights to, to, to London. And once you're there, you can pretty much get anywhere in the world. So we are very much part of the global community. And we just have those advantages that you have that, that space gives you. Space as in lots of room to move around. 
one of the key themes of the the World Expo is really around a shared future, a future that benefits us all and is sustainable in the in the broader sense of the word. How do you see sustainability influencing the design of future transport and infrastructure like space hubs? I think there's a real important need for sustainability to be front and center in in everything that we do going forward, whether that's electric vehicle charging points or hydrogen as a fuel. All of these things are absolutely possible. Scotland's got a really good uh, position in terms of the percentage of um, energy that comes from renewable sources. I can absolutely see the the future being uh, very much driven by uh, the need to be more sustainable. Certainly moving around the highlands and islands, and particularly the islands, the the planes, which are a, a lifeline service, will move to very different fuels in the future, which will have a much uh, lower carbon impact. And that's the sort of thing that we'll we'll see uh, more and more of. And I think that's a, a really important aspect for us. Yeah, I, I know Rolls-Royce, where I'm coming from, is hoping that the Highlands and Islands will be one of the first air infrastructures to electrify. Yeah. I'm very excited to see that future in the near future, actually, as well. It's not far away. Electric planes are, are coming. As David, you work across a breadth of projects. It's not just the Space Hub project that we've talked about today. What lessons learned are you taking in your role that apply to those other projects and can apply to projects across Scotland and ultimately across the world? I think there's probably a couple of points I would say there. There's firstly that innovation can happen anywhere and uh, you can do it in a remote area, you can do it in a city. That collaboration has become a lot easier now that we, we're all still working virtually. I think we'll still continue to do that. I think the important lessons that I've learned on this particular project and in others that I've been working on is the importance of communication and a clear plan and a vision to what we're, we're going to get to in any complex project and you know, building a spaceport. Firstly, you just put the word space in it and it makes it 10 times more complex. Secondly, there isn't a how do you build a UK spaceport manual out there. We're sort of doing it as we go and we need to have a really structured approach to do that. So it's a really fantastic project that we were involved in. And I'm probably learning more from this project than I am from any other project I've ever been involved in. It's really fantastic. And I, I never expected to be working on space projects in the region, but it's uh, it's definitely where my focus has been for the last three or four years. And I can see that continuing going forward. David, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today about your plans and the work you've been doing. It sounds fantastic. As a Scot myself, I'm delighted to hear about the innovation that's happening up in the the northwest there and look forward to hearing more about the first satellites that will launch from Sutherland Coast in the near future. Thanks for listening to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series. Look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.